Hey, this is Mike Bob, and I'm a guy who used to make things, and sometimes I still do. These days, I prefer making podcasts, and I have a new one called Soundtrack to My Life. On this podcast, I talk to different creative people about the music that shaped them. Sometimes the conversations are funny, and sometimes they're just kind of sweet. I love that Pina Colada song. Yeah, I do. Rihanna has had a huge impact on my songwriting. I'm diving into the ocean, finding that one fish that has the toxins, and I'm just drinking those toxins all day. Maybe they're saying, like, you should now go forth and rock. It's like a peace be with you situation. I also have a playlist called F Jams. One and two. It's just in case. We dance to a jazz version of my favorite things. Soundtrack to my life. It's available exclusive on Spotify. It's a exclusive. I'm going to try to make that word take off. It's a music plus talk show, meaning I can play songs in their entirety. So think of this as an interactive playlist with some of the coolest creative people I know. And you should know, too. Soundtrack to my life. A Spotify exclusive. Hi, I'm Mike Bobbitt. I am a lot of things. I'm a comedian, I'm a podcaster, I'm a writer, an actor, and a storyteller. But most of all, I'm a dad now. Movies were an important part of my childhood, and I'm hoping they'll be an important part of my kids' childhood, too. So through this podcast, I talk to my friends about movies that were important to them when they grew up, and I also talk to my friends who are parents about their experiences introducing their own kids to movies. This is Movies for Kids. Sometimes I wonder if I'll ever grow up. Sometimes I wonder if I know it's me. I know it's me. I am talking to Megan Connington Heath. I've been doing this podcast for a while, and the premise was basically how do I force the things I like onto my son? And then I realized that that is not what it means to be a good parent. Um, took me like nine episodes to realize that. And then, um, it just kind of started to get reinforced as I started talking to my friends for this next part of the podcast. I decided to start talking to my friends that are moms and try to get a, a different perspective from them. I know you primarily and almost exclusively as a comedian, but through the wonders of social media, I know more about you. You are a mom and you are an entrepreneur and just an incredibly motivated, hardworking, kind, compassionate person. And how do you parent? (laughs) (laughs) Well, first of all, like, thank you. How do I be more like you? Like, I'm very Midwestern about it. I'm like, oh, he's saying really nice things about me. Hopefully he stops soon. Like, like, um, but thank you for all the compliments. I, I don't know, like... I just, I've always been somebody who kind of, I'm trying to parent my kids the way I would want to parent myself. I one time had a therapist say like, I was in a weird situation and the therapist said to me, if you were your mom or you were your dad or you were your parents, what would you say to you in this situation? And I've just like taken that and run with it for my personal life. And then also with my clients, I I frequently get thank you notes from my clients because they're like, you treated me like a human, you treated me like you cared. And I mean, I may not make a lot of money, but I love practicing law by myself because I can focus more on the like, not nurturing part of it, but like you're helping somebody through the worst time in their life. And so I can focus on that more when I I own my own practice because I don't have to worry about the money as much. I, I, I mean, I do get paid, but I work with people. I do weird 
payment plans. I do all kinds of stuff just because it just makes makes practicing law not feel like it's awful. <laughs> yeah. And then I just transfer that to my kids too. Like I try to think if I was a kid in this situation, one, why would I be acting this way? And then two, what can I do to be like the person who comforts and then also makes them learn through this? I mean, granted, I'm not perfect and I definitely have bad days. I've definitely sworn, but like, but, you know, that's what I try to do. I guess that's what I try to live by. I remember you were having a particularly rough spell where you lost something that you were really invested in and just how emotionally devastating that was for you. What I know about you and, and how candidly you were expressing your feelings, I'm like, God, it, it seemed like that was probably as hard on you as it was your client. Yeah. I mean, that's so much compassion. I don't know anything about you as a parent, really, but I, I, it just made me think during that time, how wonderful of a mom you must be because of the level of empathy that you have. I, I know that wasn't a question. <laughs> no, I know. But I, again, I pre- it's good to hear because like, again, I'm like so Midwestern about it. Like I, when people give me compliments, I'm like, oh, God, like I don't even know how to process compliments. But um, I get like I get thank you notes from clients and like it takes me a few days to read them because I it makes I don't know what the deal is with that. But like I, I appreciate they appreciate me. But then I'm like, I don't know. I'm weird. I do in some ways I, I've, I do this in a comedy scene too i don't know why but i just kind of like i i have this empathy for people and i i want to meet people where they are and i want to i want to see the best out of people and so like when i used to admin the local comedy group i used to look you know i used to post things like make sure it's getting cold outside make sure you get triple a and if you don't put these <laughs> things in your car that kind of stuff because i just yeah you know i just some of those things you don't think about when you're younger and then and with my kids it's the same way i, I want them to grow up and maintain that when you're little you've got that like little soft soul and you have loves and interests and you're creative i don't want to crush that i was thinking this just yesterday i was on facebook and i have a bunch of friends from elementary school and i have my elementary school friends like kindergarten first grade second grade friends I haven't had to unfriend or unfollow or do or block any of those people. Oh. And it made me think when you're really little, you know what you're about. Those people that I was friends with, like my closest friends in kindergarten, first, second grade are still people that I would probably get along with pretty well. That's probably not true for everyone. But right. for me, it seemed like when you're little, you've got these, I don't know, you've got these like really nice qualities and you kind of know what you like and what you don't like. And I don't want my kids to ever lose sight of what they what, what what's what they're about you know I don't want them to have to feel like they have to fit into some mold I don't want them to feel like I think part of that's being gay too I don't want them to ever feel like like I did where I knew something was different and I just couldn't put my finger on it and then once I did I was like well this isn't good you know I don't want them to ever think that something that's different about them is something that they need to squash or hide or whatever I want them to just be like open and honest I mean obviously I don't want to be like criminals but you know yeah <laughs> I guess it depends on the crime so <laughs> I have a friend who's son got obsessed with a story about a local teacher who was gay and was murdered. And he just did this deep dive of trying to find out as much as he could on his own. And then he eventually went to his parents and said, okay, this is what I'm dealing with right now. And we're talking elementary school age kid Yeah, where he said, okay, so he was murdered because he was gay and I'm gay and I'm worried that someone will want to uh-huh. hurt me one day. And that was how he came out to his parents where it was like, listen, this is just, I have this relationship with you that I'm just going to say this as a fact. Like I'm not even worried about your level of acceptance because you guys have raised me to know that I'm unconditionally loved. That's, uh, awesome. that's not the issue here. And 
I remember like when my friend told me that, like how moved I was at, you know, what a great job he and his wife did of creating this loving, trusting relationship with their kids. And wow. That's amazing. That's like a really, and that's kind of what I'm, that's what I'm aiming for with everything from sex to sexual orientation, to gender identity, to bullying. I just want my kids, I don't want them to fear me because then why would they talk to me when they need help? You know, and that's where you get kids getting into trouble because they don't have anyone to go to with these types of issues. So I, I don't, I don't want to be their friend because people say, Oh, you should be a kid's friend. I'm not looking to be their friend, but maybe I'm not looking to also be a tyrant. Like a lot of parents are, <laughs> but, you know, let's see, there's like a healthy medium there. Like you don't have to be their best bud, but you also don't need to sphere them into submission. You know, like that's, yeah. that's not healthy either. Did the twins have any issues now that they were going to school having gay moms or is the world getting better? Because I really feel like I, the you world guys don't is, live in the most progressive of areas. <laughs> no, we, don't. we actually live in an area that I feel like is still very segregated. And unfortunately, we live in Saginaw and um, the river kind of divides it. And um, from the city on to the west is um, mostly African-American black folks. And then everybody on to the left of the township is white folks. And it's segregated that way. And the school districts are set up that way. And you can just mm. see where redlining really affected it. We live in the city proper. So going to school, though, but honestly, um, it isn't the most progressive area with the the, <laughs> the conservative white folks who live here. But right. everyone else in like, everyone in our city is wonderful in the city of Saginaw proper. They're wonderful That's for good. the most part. And then everyone to the west of the city as well. That's that's been good. But even in the more conservative side, I, I'm a member of like a mommy group. Every single one of those moms didn't question for a second that I was gay. Oh, it wasn't even an issue. I went to this breastfeeding support group. As soon as I said I was, they were like, oh, because I asked my husband. I was like, oh, well, I married a woman. They're like, oh, that's cool. You know, like just like things are very different. And then yeah. most of them are still really good friends of mine. They tell all their kids like, well, uh, Harry and Ray have two moms or Frankie has two moms. They love to tell me stories about like their little girl being like, well, how come I can't have two moms? <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool that they have two moms and so it's just they have talked about how their kids are like what does gay mean and it's like well when two people who are the same who love each other and it's yeah. not an issue so i really do feel like things are changing for my community and and big strides big that's strides great. so that's that is... i don't think they will get picked on for that at all that makes me humongously happy yeah me too because i was worried i didn't know when we moved back from chicago to saginaw what we were doing but it has worked out what kind of entertainment are the twins into these days <laughs> they used to be when they were a little obsessed with mickey mouse clubhouse and there was a song that goes with it, it was like the mickey mouse clubhouse and as soon as that came on i was like oh okay we're watching that right now they're obsessed with like youtube videos about how to play minecraft and i feel like i'm slowly losing my time tiny little guys, but it is cute to, you know, that's one thing I am like my parents. I try to do things not completely different, but I do parent a little differently than my parents. And one of the things that I don't do differently is I'm very conscious of what they take in media, media wise. Like yeah. I, I've, I definitely research what they're watching. They have limited shows that I've researched that are YouTube groups that they, there's YouTube shows that they like to watch, but they can only watch limited programming there. And, and I, the thing is though, I don't put like a V chip or a block on it. I just say, these are what you're allowed to watch. And then I try to make sure that I'm around to check if they don't. And that way I don't feel like I'm saying like, I don't trust you. I'm just saying it's just not appropriate for you or even anyone to watch those. It's, I'm actually less worried about sex portrayed in movies and things like that and love interest as I am about violence. I don't want yeah. them exposed to violence without the understanding of what violence is, you know? So, yeah. um, especially with like Minecraft when they were like 
I don't know anything about it, but I know they were like axing a creeper or whatever. And I was like, okay, let's talk about. (laughs) So they're really into watching YouTube videos about their video games they play, which and right now they're into Minecraft and Mario Kart and things like that. Oh, Harry loves gymnastics and we got a trampoline. He's really into that. That's cool. He's really good at gymnastics, too, which is super weird for me. You were talking about earlier how you wanted your kids to be your kid to be interested in what you were interested in. I played soccer. I love soccer. I still love soccer. Mm -hmm. Um, We tried to put the boys in soccer. They hated it so much that when we'd show up, (laughs) they would lay down on the field and scream. It's weird to be super proud of a kid doing something that I had no hand in. Like he's the only kid in his age group who can climb all the way up to the top of the rope. I mean, he's only six and he's the only kid who can do um, an inverted Y, which is where you're like up on the rings in his age group. And then you flip over and he's upside down with his arms out. That's how strong he is. And he's six. You know, and I'm like so proud because the parents are like, how old is he? And I'm like, he's six. Like, wow, he's really good. I'm like, I know. I did nothing about that. I didn't do anything to have him. That is nothing to do with me. It's all just him. Like, just natural talent. So that's fun. Ray has no interest in any sports at all. Like, none. He likes to bowl. So when the bowling alleys open up again, we'll go back and bowling. I'm sure he'll be on a bowling league. And he also likes to make his own movies and characters. And oh, wow. he makes, like, these big grand stories up and he draws pictures for them. And I think when he grows up, he's going to do something really creative, whether... It's engineering wise because he really likes to build things than machines and stuff or something in animatronics or I just see him doing something really creative, but also involving mechanical stuff. That's so cool. Yeah, I, I love that. I'm getting to learn about this side of you. I'm so grateful that we are friends. And part of me was very scared being old dad. And I realized that the advantage of being old dad is that I have this army of friends who have so much experience and (laughs) I am not shy about calling on people, even if it is under the guise of, hey, I'm doing a podcast (laughs) um, about movies for kids. And I don't think we've mentioned movies once, Um, but just to try to help me navigate this because I'm terrified. I just really want to do a good job. And because of the friends I have, I have a better shot. I'm really glad we're friends too. And it's been really nice over the last couple of years um, getting it because I, you, you were friends with like all my friends on Facebook, but I, mm-hmm. I'm one of those people who feels weird to like friend somebody until I've actually met them. You know, I don't, so because, <laughs> because also people will friend me comedians and I'm like, I haven't met you yet. I post a lot of pictures of my kids on Facebook, so I'm not going to friend yeah. you until I meet you. And so once I finally got to meet you and then I added you as a friend and it's just been really great since then. Um, and I, I agree. We were 30. I was 30 when the twins were born and um, 33 when Francis, no, 34 when Francis was born. Okay. I mean, that's not older, but it's older in the grand scheme of like women's pregnancy, because by the time you hit 35, you're supposed to be done having kids, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Allison so, is 37. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So like a lot of my friends from high school, college, whatever, already have like teenagers. And so <laughs> we were like kind of and that was great, though. Like you said, it was great. I had like a huge resource of people to go to had been through like all the stages and I still do. And then also, as you know, much as moving home is always weird. And being close to parents is weird. My mom was a really good resource for like breastfeeding and things. So she breastfed all of us and like that kind of stuff like that. You just, just things like one time with the twins, there was a night Sarah was at the fire department and they would not stop screaming. There was nothing I could do to make them happy. They were just screaming. I laid them down each in their separate packing place. I mean, I had checked their diapers. I had fed them. I had, they just were, I don't know what the deal was. They were just screaming. I put them in their pack and place. I went in the kitchen. I sat down and I called my mom and I was like, you have to just come over. Like, you just have to come now. Like, I can't, (laughs) like I need. And so having those resources have been good. And I also think 
just like you said, you know, I don't want to screw it up. I think I, I feel the same way. And I think people who are worried they're going to screw it up are probably the ones who are less likely to screw it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the bad ones that are very confident. Yeah. Well, like, and I find that because I'm a member of tons of mommy groups, not tons, but a couple of mommy groups on Facebook. And you see the ones that are just like, this is how you parent and this is how you do it. And I think, oh, God, I would not want to be a kid of that person. Like, if they're oh, yeah. so like dead set, this is how you sleep train and this is how you breastfeed or this is how you bottle feed or this is how you. <laughs> I'm kind of like, you know, just. Those parents, I seem to think, I, I like to think, at least I like to think, they probably aren't as great as they think they are. Maybe they are. Maybe they aren't. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> well, let's talk about one movie. What was your favorite movie growing up? Um, one, My favorite movie that I can like remember is The Secret Garden. I don't know it. It came out in movie theaters when I was 12. And I had read the book because I read freakishly early and was reading like, like I was reading like really complicated. I was reading like my dad had me reading Atlas Shrugged when I was in middle school. So which <laughs> is another story. But um, so I was re I read the the classic um, Secret Garden and then the movie came out and my grandma took us and it was like right after my parents had divorced and my dad had moved out to Ohio and the movie just like really like it's heavy for a kid's movie. It's really mm -hmm. heavy, but like I identified with that movie and like I got a copy of it and I watched it over and over and over and over again. I just, I just loved it. Okay. I always have to find a way to wedge this into each episode. How are the kids on Star Wars? Ray loves the music from Star Wars because they have a couple of like Lego Star Wars games and he likes to watch them, but Harry still gets really scared with movies. And every time we try to play it, he gets scared. We have to turn off. But I think eventually that at least Ray was going to love is really going to love Star Wars. I do think that the original Star Wars kind of stands up as a feminist movie just because the whole rescue of Princess Leia goes completely south. And yep. it's her that she's like, all right, guys, let me rescue you now. <laughs> because yes, exactly. Clearly, you didn't have a plan. And man, I, I'm so bummed that Carrie Fisher's dead. I know. That's what I was just thinking, too. Like, I love the way she was about mental illness, about being a woman, about just like unapologetic about mental health, about misogyny. And I just I love, love, loved her. And any, it's, I feel like any quote I find from her. You know, and I go and look it up because I'm like, well, maybe this isn't true. And it is. It really is true. And you can find it yeah. like it's not like people made this stuff up about her. It sounds like she was like super cool in you know media, but also super cool in real life. And so yeah. it just sucks. But that's another reason I want my kids to watch Star Wars, especially my daughter, um, because I just it's important to me that she learns like. And it's important for my sons, too. Like, the new Frozen 2 movie came out. And I know mm. a lot of people hated it because it was, like, really similar to Frozen 1. But there's some really important things in that movie. Like, when Kristoff, who's, like, the male character in it, he gets, like, really emotional because he loves this girl. And it's him getting emotional and talking about right. his emotions and being lost. And then when she comes back to help, he comes and he says, I'm here to help. What can I do? Not, like, I'm here to help. Let me save you. But it was, like, more right. like, you know. And so, like, I was like, these are good, good lessons for my sons to learn that it's okay to have emotions. It's okay to be help and not have to be the help. You know, <laughs> like, you know, you don't have to save people. I felt like those messages were really good. And do I really like them? Those frozen movies? Probably no, because we watched them so much. <laughs> I want to die. But like, I felt like those are good messages for my sons to hear. Thank you so much, Megan, for taking the time. I, I know how busy your day must be just because it's a Saturday doesn't mean that <laughs> you have a day off. I appreciate you more than I have the words 
to express. You would think someone who has been speaking into microphones for 20 years would be a little <laughs> bit more articulate, but I'm just incredibly thankful that we are friends now. And God, you you are amazing. You are ah, absolutely amazing. Stop. Thank you. You're too kind. And I, I, I'm so glad that we're friends too. And I appreciate the kind words because sometimes you know, you get in the day-to-day stuff and you don't, you don't hear it. I mean, my wife is really good at saying it too, but sometimes it's nice to hear outside of it that like, Hey, you, what you're doing is good, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. cause it's, it's a lot, it's a lot sometimes, but, um, and I, so I appreciate, and I appreciate being able to talk about, it. I don't get to talk about this kind of side of my life very often. I do podcasts on comedy. <laughs> I did a podcast with Robert Jenkins about gardening and I don't get, to, I don't talk about my kids very often. So yeah, this fun. is, this is pretty much the polar opposite of the last time that you and I did a podcast together, oh, yeah, which was <laughs> the truth cast. Where, um, I, I still love that. So I, that, I oh. tell, like I said before, I, I posted, I think on your thing or on your page before that it's like Beavis and Butthead meets the X-Files. <laughs> love it. So. Well, thank you so much. No problem. Thank you. It was nice to chat with you this afternoon.